Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today I have the, the great pleasure of Gary Das. Uh, welcome, Gary. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm looking forward to a great conversation this evening. Brilliant. And it's it's and it's it is your evening. You're all the way in uh, Mumbai, and so there's, there's five and a half hours between us, which is great. And I appreciate your time. I'm just going to let the audience know a little bit about you uh, before we get into a conversation. Uh, so you're the vice president's. Vice President and Head of HR of India Factoring and Finance Solutions. You're a speaker, a mentor. Uh, you are HR 100 under 40, which is great. And, and I love this about you. You have a mantra, which is your passion with compassion. And so that's uh, really important. So, so thank you for coming on. And I am sure we will see and feel and hear your passion along with your compassion. Um, so... This is what I always ask everybody who comes on, and because I'm just um, quite nosy, really, um, is um, what, what do you love about uh, what you do? It's an interesting question, and uh, we should always love what we do. So like you mentioned, what all I do. So one is I am an HR professional, and uh, HR always uh, keeps giving you loads of challenges because one side you are dealing with those archaic labor laws, legislations, compliances, and uh, on the other side, you have to jump into technology and employee experience and then coaching people. So right from doing the most mundane tasks till uh, you have the most uh, stimulating ones. So it keeps me like, uh, keep spinning a lot of plates and none should drop. And at the same time, the most important assets of the organization should be taken care of. So it always keeps me on toes, that is why. Then I'm mentoring student because I strongly believe that if I can give forward, pay forward because somebody has trained me as well, somebody has mentored me as well, so I should definitely do that. Then I'm also supporting uh, women empowerment. I have uh, a group of people, group of women, it's called as Leaders Lifting Leaders, and we are there together to uplift each other. So we come together, we learn with each other, we grow with each other. So these are the things I've been speaking because I want my message to reach everyone and I want people to learn from whatever mistakes I have done, whatever I have learned in my life. And that's why I love to write also and speak as Brilliant. And I'm just interested really to what was it about HR that wanted you to pursue a, a career in it? Yeah, so I'm basically an engineer, a computer engineer. And when I was studying my engineering, I realized that I am not made to sit with machines. I should actually come out and I should actually interact with people. So that's where I started my career in HR. And uh, Dave Ulrich was writing modern HR at that point of time. And that's where I got interested into it because it was changing in India from being a personal management to human resources. And the edge of HR really attracts me because you just mentioned my mantra is passion with compassion. Mm -hmm. So I'm business driven and people focused. 
Brilliant. That's really good. I like that one. Interesting background to bring that engineering aspects as well within in the HR sort of context. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people recently about um, employer engagement and culture of businesses. And it's always been there. It's not been a surprise, but I think it's got even more um, prevalent in terms of raising its profile within the last 12 months uh, with all what we've been facing as, as businesses. And we know that it's really valuable that people are engaged. Now, you know, back in the day, I think there's always a view that, you know, the responsibility of employer engagement always sat with HR. And I'm not saying HR don't initiate and don't act upon in terms of spearheading it. But I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what, what is the role of leadership on a wider context of creating that sort of culture, that sort of way that, that, that employees will engage in a, in a great way? Yeah, so a very pertinent question, and especially in today's time, it's uh, really important to understand engagement because the definition of engagement has changed. And you rightly pointed because it's all about leaders. So role of HR is to create that environment, enable them to engage with people. Because one or I mean, I, you would generally see a ratio of 100 or 150, one HR for these many numbers. So HR cannot go out and really engage with people one-on-one -on -one all the time. But they can give right tools to leadership so that they start engaging. So if we look at this pandemic, the best practices that I have seen in terms of engagement is number one, having uh, this thought in mind that the employee is a human being and you have to treat them with empathy. So empathy, compassion has come out as number one uh, important uh, competency for leadership and they need to really understand this. So when pandemic hit and people were uh, like not knowing what to do, how to manage things, uh, if we all saw the role of role that HR played and uh, HR came forward and supported them with a lot of tools in terms of technology wherein productivity can be measured. But at the same time, the right human touch was need of the hour and that's what's mm. uh, done by the HR. So uh, I always think that there are three H based on which we work. So one is head. You create strategies there. Then there is a heart where you connect with people, you share your vision with them, and mm. finally hand with the executives. So leaders need to uh, understand all three H and create their engagement strategy, engagement platforms like that. Most important thing is communication after uh, empathy because mm. in difficult times, people don't know what to do, where to go. And if you can communicate, communicate, and communicate, mm. you will be definitely having their heart uh, with you. And you will be definitely having, having their hands as well. So execution of the strategy becomes very easy. Empowerment is another thing. If you empower people, you don't micromanage. Mm. They will do much more than what is required. So I think these are some of the strategies which are uh, definitely giving good results when it comes to engaging people. Yeah, no, and I think you made a, a load of ton of stuff there, which I think was really interesting. And I was just, I was just making some notes. That's what I was looking away, writing things down because I think you got some interesting points. And just starting with that, that empathy side of things. I guess I suppose first question for me: How do you bring that sense of priority to engagements 
in the in the business how do you get leaders to appreciate that engagement is really valuable and really important I mean, have you done that yourself or in previously or what you've observed in other hr leaders who've brought it to the table what sort of things have you been doing yes so my personal strategy is uh, bring up some data to it and bring up practices which competitors are doing because if you just go and tell them that engagement is important nobody is going to listen to you mm. so you have to look at the numbers that are really helping and some of the numbers that really define it uh, are uh, net promoter score whether employees are actually referring when there is a vacancy if they are coming forward and bringing in their friends their family to the organization mm. number 2 is your engagement scores if it is anonymous it it definitely gives you a lot of insight into it and third is uh, kind of uh, sick leaves numbers if there okay. is lot of uh, if there is lot of sick leave taken there is actually sickness in the system so that's another area which can help us understand attrition numbers are are definitely a good indicator so when you put everything together and you put people's voice along with it leaders mm. do listen to you and definitely uh, the best practices or practices which are part of uh, uh, competitors you have to understand your competitors if they are doing something which is extraordinary and mm. you are nowhere there people would not be happy being with you so i do bring up this uh, these best practices and data to convince leaders that you really need engagement and thanks to social media there is already some awareness that people would not stick around unless you really take care of employee experience so mm. ex has become a important ingredient these days and it's also there's the whole benefit of creating that employer experience employer engagements because right. what tends to happen is not only do you retain staff which is obviously fantastic because uh, you know losing staff and recruiting is cost money but also productivity innovation all those benefits that come with an employed um, an engaged uh, uh, sort of uh, workforce um and you, you said start with empathy and i think that's a good place to start which is is just to be people focused and to get that sense of uh the human side of things and start to value people in that way and again how do we how do we create that sort of i suppose culture or a mindset of empathy within within an organization yeah so creating culture i think is uh, loads of responsibility on senior management because it's a top down approach uh, definitely you have to have buy in from everyone but uh, but the responsibility lies with leadership so if you are speaking with your team say ceo or md they are speaking with their team and the statement or starts with how are you how's your family then it definitely sets the right culture second if there's someone not well in office and uh, he or she is given that freedom to be with themselves you are setting the right culture you set the right culture when you bring in those those policies which are not only taking care about your physical health but overall well being mm. and i strongly believe in those eight dimensions of well being it's mm. not only physical but spiritual also but uh, social also emotional financial so mm. when organizations are supporting their people with these things 
their policies are around it so it's a very simple example if you have uh, overtime policy and mm. you are attaching it to donuts in your canteen <laughs> then you are definitely indicating that this is not uh, wellness is not our culture but if you have uh, leave which is called as wellness leave no question asked you are creating trust and you are creating that culture where mm. empathy where well being is taken care of so i think it's all about having the right policies but yeah. not only policies not only lip service but also setting the right example can your manager come forward and say that today my wife is not well or my husband is not well and mm. i would not be taking a call because that would give them the right message that you have this freedom that if you are not well you can be home you you are not required to work that day otherwise even if somebody is on sick leave people keep calling them this is not the right thing so i think the onus is on leadership and these are some of the strategies which can be used to create that empathetic empathetic culture yeah and, and it's interesting you mentioned sort of trust and i suppose almost creating that psychological safety where people feel it's okay to speak up okay to share what they're doing um but also feel that they're trusted to do something which then obviously creates a sense of value and they're not being micromanaged and we know that you know a lot of organizations now have you know shifted from the office through to a home working uh, or some sort of hybrid depending on what, what country you're in and what business you're in and has forced the issue of of trust in that context where people have to <laughs> force people to go home and they have to sort of trust to get on with the work and we know that sort of productivity has has gone up uh, but i also i also sense and i've spoken to a number of people where people are probably working harder and are actually working harder than they would do in the office because um, in the office they would have that little interaction getting a coffee walking around the office and at home people are just sitting at the laptops feeling they have to keep working and i guess how do we create and we can't create the office at home but how do we create a culture where people feel they can sort of take some time out and you know literally go off for a walk without feeling chained to that i guess desk and i think that although its productivity's gone out and efficiency I, i think for me people are working and potentially on a, a, a road to sort of burnout so how can we sort of create that sense of um, empowerment i guess yeah so i think uh, it's a very important aspect that uh, we treat people in for long term we just don't see that today they can operate from home and they can be there for 14 hours so we make them work for 14 hours every day no that's not the right thing and i think trust again plays a very important role here uh, if you trust them you would not be keep checking whether you are working whether you are taking a walk or you are at your desk you would not be installing those softwares which will tell you whether the person is logged in or not so and empowerment and uh, kind of not micromanaging is uh, is critical but at the same time i think uh, setting the right example again here would help if you see but there are two aspects to it uh, as well say there can be some employees who have very young kids and uh, the kids are away during the day so they can't operate during the day can you give them freedom to operate from say 10 pm at night till 7 am in the morning because mm-hmm. this is the time when their kids are sleeping and that's when they can be they can be fully productive 
but give them the whole day they will not operate because you need your results by say by 10 am in the morning or 9 am in the morning why can't you allow them to operate with, with this flexibility that is one second if uh, if senior leaders uh, come forward and say that there will not be any emails or there will because some organizations have this policy that any email which is sent after 6 pm on friday and 9 am in on monday will be deleted automatically so if you do such things wow. then definitely the right culture right um, so is, is that, that that's an interesting policy is that are you aware of a policy like that literally deleting things after 6 on a friday yes okay that's interesting yeah that's a very interesting policy that i read about it's one of my friends shared this it's in her company and uh, it it's amazing i with anybody writing an email nobody is responsible for it after 6 pm on sunday there are people uh, during when they were working from office they will take a round after 6 pm and check out who is in office and what are they doing there rather than putting a benchmark that until i leave as a leader you should not leave mm. so what kind of culture are you creating what kind of uh, practices you are setting it's all depends on these things so this is on part of employer or this is on part of leaders what they can do but mm. i think even employees have to play a very important role here they have to set up their calendar and they have to set up their day also so for mm. example early in the morning if you used to walk uh, for your uh, workplace you should keep the same routine so your mind get conditioned okay i'm starting my day now mm. and when you end your day again you uh, you do some some routine some ritual which indicates that it it's end of the day mm. and then be productive don't be on netflix when you are just because you are home so you have to be productive so that you are done within those many hours so and if there are distractions then you have to take care of them or request for a different uh, flexible times whatever and be be there uh, it's it should not happen that you are not uh, responsive your manager is calling you and or you are not responding then that trust gets broken mm. so i think if both sides come together and they work together uh, the overall culture overall productivity will continue to improve otherwise you rightly pointed soon we will have a time when people will be totally burnt out and this productivity level will will start getting down rather mm. than maintaining or going up and interestingly i read some data where some organizations have already started saying that uh, productivity is going down and they want people to be back in office so that they can be productive wow yeah and it's interesting the whole um creating that routine again where people have not done the commute anymore and now actually saying to them go and do a 30 minute walk or whatever if your commute was 30 minutes to try and create that routine and and take some time out at lunch to just go for a walk or sit down with your family to try and almost mimic what you were doing in the work context and I, and I think it's it's giving people permission isn't it to say to them you know this is the work I like to get done how you do it as long as at times we can have touch points you got permission to go off and get away and flex around it and i think it's that that sense and i really like that point about you know as leaders it all comes down to examples i mean you know there's the email thing on the friday and the monday where you they literally don't get sent is an interesting one because it, it sets a message of we don't want you working at the weekends and i think it's uh, leaders need to be role models where they're not sending things late at night 
as well during the week. So then people think that's the expectation is to do that. And actually more of that checking on on people and saying, almost saying to you, why did you work till seven o'clock last night? What, what, what was, why did you need to do that? Have you got enough resource? You've got enough time. There's other things going on. As long as there's, if there's flexibility going on, that's fine. But that wandering around the office normally, you know, at six o'clock, you know, instead of waiting for me to go, I was telling people to, why are you here? I like that. I really like that approach. That's in, that's interesting. So, you know, going forward, how do you think as people start to do a mix of, you know, office, home and all various hybrids going along, how do we sort of create, a, I suppose, a sustainable view and, and a pattern of employer engagements uh, in, in still these, these quite challenging times? Yeah, I think uh, one is definitely empowerment because that's what is going to support both sides. Like you rightly uh, pointed this example that this is to be done. How you do it, it doesn't matter. When you do it, doesn't matter. Mm. But before that deadline, it should be it should be available. So that is one of the most important thing. I think the thrust should be more on that trust factor. Can your uh, do your people have your back, or you just leave them when there is a challenge? So that trust and that empowerment will go hand in hand, and it will definitely create a right workplace. Second is engagement. So definitely you can't uh, go out for dinners with them, but you can have a Zoom call with them. You can uh, sit with them for a lunch or for a, like get together kind of thing where you can involve in families because this is the time when you can involve families in everything. And you, uh, it's not because when you do it physically in office, every time you are not able to invite families, it's not visible. But here, whatever you are doing, uh, whichever way, the events that you are doing, you can engage with them. So one-to-one -one calls, uh, calls with families, calls with the whole team, mm -hmm. those are critical. And uh, whenever you are in office, make sure that your team is there. Because in hybrid model, at least two times a week, you will be in office. So mm -hmm. take full advantage of it and just be with them as a human being, not as a manager. Because they see you now only once in a month or once uh, once or twice in a month. So mm -hmm. it's more important to show that human side rather than that managerial side. Because people are responsible. And as we know, productivity improved means people are, are really responsible. Otherwise, productivity wouldn't have improved from and most important is uh, mindset change. So this uh, restriction that we, we put in, in our mind that uh, from home, it's just a holiday, it's not work, that we will have to totally remove and we will have to have this growth mindset that it is possible mm. to have better uh, results while people are at home, they are relaxed. So these would be some of the uh, areas that I would uh, think people should focus on. Yeah, and I think also that it's interesting you mentioned that mindset uh, working from home, and you know, unfortunately, work has come home now. It, you know, we literally work from home. It's a thing we do. It's all around the world, and our lives now are completely intertwined. I mean, there's not that people completely switched off when they left work, but some people did. Now you're you're working in your home and. As much as there's a flexibility, fluidity with all that, and people are more relaxed about noise and kids in the background and dogs and cats and all that sort of stuff, I think there's a potential concern that people are 
just gonna go into this works all the time it feels like because it's it's always in their room in their bedroom or wherever or their office and i guess it's what other i suppose well-being things are you are you thinking as a hr professional to help that and also this whole plan to come back in some form of hybrid what do you think are the challenges that you have to think about for that yeah, thanks for bringing up well-being because uh, without that we will not be able to uh, to survive i would say and uh, we really realized in during these difficult times that well-being is not only about uh, going to gym or eating the right food but it is also about our mind that emotional well-being that spiritual well-being that well-being which is all about our purpose our occupation it is about social well-being that uh, uh, water cooler discussion that refresh refreshes you why because you are able to connect with those people so in order to develop that connect yes we will have to put in extra efforts technology would help here and more and more engagement though e engagement it is going to uh, going to be order of the day now because mm. we will never have uh, the same situation back where people were everybody was operating from office every day that may not happen may not be possible for quite some time so well being should be agenda on organizations uh, policy because that will define business continuity it's mm. not about only employee experience anymore it's about surviving uh, your business and that's where hbr says that there will be a position uh, there are already positions and there will be much more in future which mm. will be well being director this uh, role would take care of overall organizations well being so that business doesn't stop mm. there were instances during covid times when whole team got infected at one point of time and you uh, you had no way to come out of this situation mm. so let's not enter that zone we are already stressed a lot mentally so let's support people in terms of well-being that that's a very important agenda yeah and i think that's where you know well-being another thing that needs to be it's not just the fruits and the the gym passes or yes. those sort of i suppose tactical things it is more about embedding something in the mindset and i know i was talking to one organization where i think they they created sort of a sort of buddying up with individuals you buddied up with somebody and they try to create a little bit of accountability not, not not so much with your manager somebody as a, as a peer okay and you and you just watch out for each other you would just ask questions and build a rapport and it was quite good because you built a friendship but also somebody who was a bit closer to you that could ask things and obviously as a, as a, as a manager or a leader you, you'd ask those questions as well but it was just creating a bit of a buddy system and i think that was quite a nice social helpful uh, interaction just sort of accountability i guess um uh, that's so, excellent. yeah so I, I, again just any sort of last thoughts as we you know uh look out on 2021 um of what else we could be doing to help us be more engaging or leading in a way that, that really does make people's well-being matter at the center of the organizations any other thoughts on that yeah i think uh, today if you have to look at as a leader Uh, there are a few s that is in uh, minds of people so one is security is job security is my job going to remain or not because the danger is not uh, fully over as yet we are still struggling uh, our nation would be mostly in phase of uh, uh, rewind 
uh, or reboot because uh, progress i mean expansion is still far away and more and more cases like now there is a second wave third wave also so one is security second is safety can you give them a safe workplace wherever you have to call them mm-hmm. to office or even if they are home are you really supporting them with lot of things like employee assistant programs uh, can you uh, support them with uh, yoga classes meditation classes so these are some of the things which would uh, really define the second s and uh, third s is killing because this uh, particular pandemic has accelerated digitization mm. to a larger extent and uh, people are now there are a lot of things which have been digitized and you know don't need people for that so can you develop that kind of reskilling upskilling into people's mind mm. uh, first the mindset and then you will be uh, teaching them the skills so those three s i think uh, are critical for our survival for next few years and the skilling part especially is going to be very important and both employee and employer have to work together because if you don't have a, a growth mindset then you will not be able to learn new things you will not even be able to appreciate that this is gone now mm. what i was hiring for the skills that i was hiring for 3 years ago i'm not hiring for them anymore because skills have changed now yes. so reskilling upskilling is another area so these three s i think uh, this would define the mm. overall uh, uh, employee experience and overall culture everything yeah. lies there brilliant and I, i think that you made a valuable point about the the skilling and sort of developing people you know as you say in 2 3 years times certain jobs won't even exist yes. and people need to have opportunities to either upskill or change their job within the context of an organization and a real investment needs to be had to help people do that um and we know that not only by doing that it, it does a wonderful thing for employee engagement it is a great thing for making people feel valued because you're investing in supporting them in training them or whatever else you might be doing with that and i think that's a really good way and i know a lot of organizations i work with that you know bring in a sense of sort of leadership or sort of training or whatever it may be yes. actually that does an awful lot for that engagement and retention and sort of motivation as well so that's really important um i really appreciate your your insights uh today and thoughts uh i just yeah thank you for coming on but I just want to ask if people want to get in touch with you connect with you what's the best way of doing that with you LinkedIn is the best brilliant LinkedIn we are on LinkedIn right now as well uh, amongst other places uh, so no thank you for your time today and um yeah uh, thank you for today thank you so much i really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much if you like this episode then please do subscribe do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.